This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at brepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation. Hello, I'm Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Booming. I've been an investigator for over four decades in this strange, the unknown, paranormals, aliens, UFOs, you name it. I've come across almost everything. Some turned out to be true, some turned out to be false. But one case in particular has always given me a strange curiosity and interest. And recently, I had the opportunity to speak to the individual that this case happened to. What's coming up is over three hours worth of video interview that I did with an individual that had probably one of the greatest, not most important interactions with a being not of this world. There's a lot of controversy regarding this person and the entire subject, but I think there's a lot of truth there too. I'm not gonna judge. I'm not gonna tell you what to think or what not to think, but I'm gonna ask you to listen. And because it's over three hours, I'm digesting this information is gonna be a little bit more difficult. What I'm gonna do is break this up into three segments so you can understand what's going on. Again, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to promote. I'm just letting you know that you have an opportunity to hear something which I think is one of the most significant events ever. You are the one that has to make the decision. So sit back, put your headphones on, and hopefully enjoy. No, Bob Boomy! Hi, I'm Dr. Jonathan Reed. I'm with Nobody But Me with Brian Bowden. But it sold outstandingly. And I had people, you know, taking practically truckloads of books to, to the to the mail, to the yep. post office, to mail them out. Because we didn't have you know, distribution. We didn't have any of that, so we had to do it by hand. And I had volunteers doing this, and and it just went crazy. And from that, from those Art Bell shows, other things happened. People started saying, "Well, we want you to be our keynote speaker at the International UFO Congress." You know, in two right. months. You know, and I said, "What's an International UFO, UFO. Congress?" <laughs> I'd never heard of it. Right. And so we had to look into that. And I went and I, I was reluctant to do it because I knew there were still people after me. There were still people kind of hunting me, and and but we found a way to do it, and that's where we released the book publicly, and it was a very, very big triumph for me. Uh, it felt good. I got a lot of response back from from literally thousands of people who said, thank you. Thank you for writing this. Thank you for taking the time, you know, it's, to care about right. other people. It's, it, this, this, this whole thing, you know, 
I feel terrible for the for the experience that you had, the fact that that people were trying to eliminate you not only electronically or 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 you know socially, electronically, uh, professionally, they were trying to kill this man. They were trying to kill you, and they've made several attempts. You've gotten shot. This is yeah. some serious stuff. They don't. They, they don't. You know. There's no reserve when you, someone is out there to target you, to shoot you, to shut you up, to do whatever to stop you. You have the smoking gun. You have that that information. Um, and well, we, and we figured we figured initially that once I released all this publicly, that that it would lessen that it would become if it became public then you know probably nobody would do anything to me well it, it didn't work that way no. it got worse in fact you know i have what i call a team of people with with my security and my friends around me i don't go anywhere alone yep some of them have died some of them have been killed in the last 22 years uh, this is a real serious thing but there's also a good side to this that we haven't even talked about. And the good side is that I've become aware of this reality. I mean, I used to be a square guy right. who lived inside a medical box of knowledge and who didn't even think outside that box. Well, now I know what's outside that box. I know that we live with other intelligent beings that are probably far superior to us. But yet there's a war going on. There's a war uh, jockeying for position of who's going to control things in this earth, on this earth. That there are many, many races. I've dealt with three different ones constantly. And we can talk about that yes. too. Um, the link artifact. When I initially you know, met with the people that I call the Alliance who helped me, brought me back to health. They said to me, finally, Jonathan, we know you have some items. We don't want to take them from you, but they're really important that they don't get lost. We have people that can help you with that. We can, we can even help analyze it. You can go with it. You can never let it out of your sight. And we'll do that for you. They flew me to Osaka, Japan. I was just about to go there. They did a metallurgy test at the University of Osaka. You know, scientists, tremendous scientists, where they did literally a uh, almost a, a, a date chronicling the material that it's made out of and a breakdown of all of the isotopes and and particles that this thing is made of and it's an incredible device it's like nothing you could imagine it's made of layers and layers of uh, tiny almost plant-like fibers that are alive this is They're 1999 like correct when you're getting this examined yes, yes this was in 1999 and, and, and I, I could be wrong about my, my, my timeline but publicly civilian based there was yes. no nanotechnology there was no biological no. nanotechnology well, either. They, they barely had talked about nanotechnology. Right. That was something that might happen in the future. This is the horizon, yeah. Right. Well, these guys, the scientists that were looking at this said, this is nanotechnology in, in a state of the art. This device is alive. It's running. It's working. We don't know what it does, 
but nevertheless, it's got power. It's emitting uh, a small amount of radiation every so many seconds, like a pulse of energy. So we know it's it's alive. And, and, okay. Right. And one of the things I found very interesting with it when when they were when you and we'll show you the pictures on there. The and, and and let's go into how it operates because I have a big question about that when you were went to Mexico um, while we're talking about the bracelet. This thing has uh, these three gold uh, uh, needles, and on yes. the top of the needles, well in advance of anybody ever being able to do it, micro I believe they were emerald tipped. If I'm well, correct. they're at the very at the base of each needle. Right. Think of think of a hypodermic needle at the base where it actually went into the the material. Right. Uh, the cuff. We'll call it the cuff. Um, there was a sphere of pure, almost pure emerald on each of the three needles. Why it's there, nobody knows. But what these needles do, what we've imagined and proven, is that the wearer puts this thing on your arm like that. It fits like that. On it has, It's an open, like a C, and it fits on your arm. You push those that cuff down hard and those needles penetrate into your nerves in your arm do they do that automatically or are you is it through the You're, you you are actually forcing it down and you make it penetrate right once it, it hurts like hell hurts like hell for about two seconds then it becomes freezing cold so that pain goes away okay meanwhile this this metallic cuff like steel. I mean, you can't right. bend it. I mean, people tried to put it in a vice. You can't bend it. When it goes down and penetrates your skin, it automatically closes around your arm, and you can't get it off. It's on there for good. And if somebody wants to know, yes, I got some credit for Cowboys and Aliens. If you notice that in the movie... <laughs> The big part of it, where when 007 wakes up and he's got this big silver metal right cuff on. on his arm. Yep. And it ends up being a weapon and a communicator and all these other things. And yes, I got some money out of that. And that was fine. And I met Steven Spielberg. But the point I'm trying to make is this technology is above and beyond anything that we have the ability to do. Anything. And it's a living biological mechanical device. It's these fibers inside are less than than three microns in thickness. A, ha a human hair is 10 microns. So you can see how thin these layers are. There's 15 layers that build up this cuff. So what we determined over a long process of stupidity mostly on my part, is I was sitting uh, with Robert at a table very similar to this, right. and we were talking, and there was he was going to go make some food or something, and the device was just laying on the table. And we were still, this was back when we were writing and finishing the book. So this was in the, like the, let's say year three, okay. from, from the time that the event finally happened. And we're sitting there, and he went away, and I picked this thing up, 
And for whatever reason, and I have no idea why I did it, but I just put it on my wrist. And it closed down. It hurt like hell. And all of a sudden, I started to feel this thrombosis, this thumping in my chest like I was having a heart attack. And it it literally expanded and, and went from the center of my body outward to all my extremities. And I was shaking violently. And this terrible pain was happening. And I couldn't get it off my arm and all of a sudden, my vision started to go dark and dark and dark, almost to where I couldn't see. And then all of a sudden, it was white. And I was somewhere else. I was standing in a room that was round, a round, round, egg-shaped room. And it was all white. And it was solid. I could see my feet on the floor. I could see some dirt that came off the soles of my shoes. And there in this round room, there was this harmonic sound, this comfortable, very comforting harmonic sound. And I looked up, and on the side of this room, remember, it's an oval. It's like, a, like an egg shape. And I was dead in the minute. On the side of it, leaning out from over the top of me, were these two beings that were about 15 feet tall. They were energy, they were energy that was moving and surging, yellow and gold and orange energy. And they looked like they had huge golden robes on. And they were kind of faceless. But the second I saw them, they were inside me. They were in my head, in my mind. They were telling me, it's okay, you're okay. We're not gonna hurt you. You know, all life is important. All life is important in the universes, plural. Universes. That we are here. Yes, that we are here to help those who come to us. We want you to know we understand. And I, at that moment, I was just sobbing. I was just an emotional wreck because I felt like I was in the presence of an angel. That's exactly what they looked like. They looked like what people talk about, big golden angels. It almost looked like they had wings. Right. And I I literally walked over and they reached down with their arm, which was extremely long, and put it on my shoulder, put it right here on my shoulder and touched me. And in that moment, it was like the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life. I didn't want to leave there. I didn't want to go anywhere. They were, it was like being with your mother when you're a little child who comforts you and says to you, you're okay, you're safe, you're, you're here, we care for you. And, and they kept saying, all life is important. All life is important. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to go. And they said, we know, we understand, but you need to go back. You need to go back. And, and they sent me back. And when I got back, Robert was going nuts looking for me. I was gone maybe three minutes from, from the physical reality of being in that, that apartment with Robert. And he said, I just appeared right back in the chair, right from where I had left from. Yep. 
and and I felt woozy and I felt kind of sick, but not terrible, not like I did when I was in the woods. But it was it was definitely an experience that overwhelmed my physical body again, and I I couldn't explain it. I was in such a I was such an emotional wreck that it probably took me an hour to be able to actually explain to Robert what had happened. It was incredible. It was just absolutely incredible. And I was going to comment on this because you did. You also did a demonstration of, of what, what Robert, uh, you just mentioned, live. And you literally disappeared. And you see this. It's, it's available. Um, it's like a ball of light, a spark, ball of light. You disappear. And it, people are looking. And then the next thing you know, there's another ball of light. And you're, you're there. Um Right. What I what I wanted to know was do you was, yeah was it like when you when you met this entity and I think at one point I read some place where you were talking to it as an angel or, or or it was very do you do you think it was more like on a religious scale like God as in what we've we've seen in in and um in Bibles or do you think it was a um an interdimensional type of guardian type of of entity yes. yes. Or both. These these are I, I call them you know either watchers or keepers or or angels. I mean you can use any word you want. <laughs> I truly believe that this is what everybody talked about in the past when they said we saw the angels. They came down to us. They were you know communicating. They were like filling us full of this compassion. I absolutely believe that's what they saw. They are entities. They are not religious. Look, I got to say this. <clears throat> I'm half Jewish and half Christian. So I enjoyed both sides of those religions, Dang. but not from a uh, organized religion standpoint. We were very casual about it. I was taught both of the religions so that I could understand them, but I was never force-fed anything. Right. I am not an organized religious person. But I, I was always semi-spiritual. I always believed in God. I always believed in the compassion that people have for each other and that there's energy in that. But that was about the end of it. Now, it's totally different. Now I'm so spiritual. I know that probably there's more to do with the spiritual side of life and in a non-religious way than there is to the physicality of life. Right. So I believe the spiritual side is like 90% and the physical side is about 10%, which we live in. Right. And, and it's very confusing and, and I, <laughs> to everybody, uh, except those who have thought it through, those who understand it. Uh, I, I, being a scientist, always found it hard to say, well, you just have to have faith to know it's there. I had problems with that because it, it wasn't something that I could see and touch and feel. Well, guess what? I've felt it now. I've done this several times with this link device. I've been able to be in the presence of these incredibly intelligent, gifted entities that are so superior to us. I don't even know why they waste their time with us. But they have, they have a job to do. They are fulfilling a job. Their job is almost like if you could imagine 
uh, an automotive building operation where they right. have literally a a uh, everybody has a job to do in in the lineup. Uh, when a body comes through, they have things to do. They are in charge of the afterlife. I have seen what all I can all I can call it is the well of souls. And I have since read about this. I have seen all these these energy bubbles that are literally people, millions of them in this soup looking out this window. When you stand there and you think about somebody you knew that has passed, they come to you and manifest themselves in front of you, right there, right with you, just like you and I would be standing next to each other. It's a real thing. It's a tangible thing. You know, it's right. not just in your mind. It's there. They can physically touch you. I've asked questions of my loved ones, of my friends that have passed. I have been there a dozen or more times. I have gotten to know the process. These beings have allowed me to learn what they are doing. They have allowed me to witness all of this and put it into some kind of context to believe not in them but in the process, that the process is what's so important. And they live the process. They own the responsibility. Now, if, if God is the captain of their boat, they, they hail to that captain because they are doing his work and they are proud to be doing it. It's, Our, it's incredible, Brian. It's just incredible. It's, you know, it's very, one of the things I was wondering is, do they act as a, are they acting as a teacher for you when you go back there? When, when, you're, when you're present and you, you're able to put the bracelet on those several times you've done it, were there lessons learned? Because most of the time what happens is, and I'm thinking very much like those near-death experiences, or where people die and they have this this tunnel and they they meet these angels and they say it's not your time you got to go back but sometimes there's a message learned from that sometimes you gain something this, else from it this and has like, become right. truly a teacher and student they have allowed me to be the student they have allowed me to to ask them questions when I don't understand something and they try to facilitate me with an answer that makes sense. Now they're not talking to me like I'm talking to you. They're inside my head. They are, if, if you want to say it's telepathic, then that's an understanding. Right. But it's, it's so much more than that. It's so much more vivid and, and that language outweighs our language a thousand to one it makes our speech inadequate totally inadequate once you have dealt with that i have made thousands of notes in the last 22 years not only have they brought me and allowed me to use this device on occasion but they have come to me in their presence and taken me with them right from the house or the hotel or somebody else's house. Other people have witnessed this, clear as bells, seen them pick me up and go right through the wall. And this is without bracelet? This is without the bracelet. Okay, so now there's a connection made and you are, 
I'm 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 being allowed to witness this. This is great. This is fantastic, actually. It. And and you know, this is a good time for me to say, you know, I I wrote this little book with Robert, uh, you know, 22 years ago, and people have constantly said, well, you know, are you going to write another book? Are you going to write another? So, uh, four years ago, I decided. You know, after some long deliberation, that I needed to pick up where I left off. The first book it talks about nine days. That this new book talks about twenty-two years, <laughs> and it includes things that are that are good, that are amazing, like meeting these angelic beings and being absorbed into their world and allowing me to to have some understanding, and I say some, not all, because it's not all perfectly clear, but, but they're helping me. They're, they're trying to teach me so that I have an understanding and I can share that with other people too. I've talked to thousands of people, Brian. Uh, people don't know in the United States because I've pretty much been blacklisted or blackballed in the United States from talking at, at organized uh, conferences, which is amazing because these conferences are about exactly sharing what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. There is a there's a political cabal, both in the bad guys and in some of the organizers of these events. And I won't call out anybody's name, but you know it's true. And within the United States, people don't know much about my case anymore because I haven't been speaking very much in this country, but I've been speaking everywhere else in the world. There's, I mean, people in India know me by Dr. Jonathan. I go walk down the street and they embrace me. In Mexico, it's the same thing. What happened in Mexico is right after I went with Art Bell on the radio, everybody knew about me and they all tried to call me and say, would you come and talk to us? Well, one of the people who did that was a man named Jaime I mean, Masson I mean, from Mexico. Yep. He is like, he, he's kind of the Dan Rather of paranormal in Mexico. <laughs> he's been doing it forever. Uh, some people like him, some people don't, but I will give him credit. He took me and my case under threats of death himself and took me to Mexico, put me on a two-hour program that was kind of like the Tonight Show, but yeah. for that night, they changed it. They changed it and made it dedicated to my case. And they did it for a reason, because I figured I'd be dead within a couple of weeks. And this was an opportunity. Everything that I began doing was, well, I better take advantage of this opportunity. I better do it, because I may never get it again. This opportunity was to go on the Mexican's biggest television show, like I say, like the Tonight Show, that was live, right? All over the world. The name of the show is called Otro Royal. You know, yep. and and it was a well known. It had a host, kind of like you know the old Johnny Carson kind of thing. But they prearranged to. Not, this wasn't a comedy. This was a very serious show. Jaime went on there, explained in Spanish. I talked in English. They translated it into Spanish. I took Robert and some of my other teammates had witnessed all of this stuff. Right. Um, 
Dan McAvoy, who was a researcher, Dan McAvoy Sr., is a very avid UFO investigator, 20-year veteran. He followed me around for almost two years, 24-7. I mean, he lived with me. He saw all of the bad stuff and the good stuff happening. He witnessed me use the link artifact right next to him. He saw me disappear and he saw me come back in the same room, in a locked room. So it wasn't like a magic trick. It wasn't, right. you know, but he witnessed it. He went on this television show. He is, a, he is an army ranger, paratrooper, you know, a man of honor, a medal winner. And he said the truth. He told what he saw and what he had investigated and that I am who I am. And that no matter what anybody says, no matter what you read out there, it's not true. What happened to me is what I'm telling you now. It really did happen and it's still happening. And that television show exploded everywhere in the, room, in the world. Um, I mean, every Spanish-speaking country broadcast that show, and it was rebroadcast 11 times during the next three years. It had the highest rating of their television, only higher by their football game, and that, their national football That's game. very impressive. You know, I, I watched the footage from that. Um, my Spanish is very, uh, very bad, um, right? unless we're dealing but with there the is, curse words. There is one with English subtitles. Right, no, and I was watching, but I was listening to you because I, I was understanding what you were doing. That's why when I saw you put that bracelet on, and when I saw the reaction and and you know thrombosis in your chest, um, I was just I was blown away because yes, they did have uh, the ability to do special effects back then. Okay, we're not going to deny that, but somewhat, somewhat, but this was live TV. There, there, yes. I mean, it was in front. There was live reaction, and it was just—it just blew me away, so, just to see this. Um, and so that link, that link bracelet has has always, or 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 device has always been one of the things where I, you know, did anybody else try that bracelet out? Was anybody else allowed to use it or not? Robert, Robert put it on one day when I was had gone to the restroom in his apartment and he all of the process happened to him the same way right he said he winked out for a second and was back and then he was sick for about a week and really sick i mean really like like the terrible flu that i experienced um it's not a toy it's a huge responsibility. I don't know how I was chosen to do this because I think there's a lot of other people in the world that should have had this responsibility and could have done better with it than I. But nevertheless, I've had to accept it. Um, in recent years, and, and the story gets bigger and bigger, and I don't want to confuse people. Right. But I went to Peru. I went to Peru to go to a conference to meet some other people. And some of the people I met were cosmonauts from Russia, some of the active cosmonauts. And one of them that was with them was Marina Popovich. 
she was one of the first women who was a jet fighter pilot ever in history. Right. She's got looks out. She died a couple years ago. But she became just like a like an aunt to me. I stayed in her home. I met her family. Uh, these other people, the other cosmonauts, uh, God, uh, uh, let me think of their name. Um, Gennady uh, is is a a guy who's been on the SSI International Space right. Station. Sorry, said it backwards. Uh, <laughs> dyslexic. Um, but he's been up there two or three times. Uh, after I met him, I got a phone call on my birthday. And some operator said, hold for the International Space Station. <laughs> That's a one I, heck of a birthday call. And, and it, it was Gennady saying, happy birthday, Jonathan. Go outside. I'm 200 miles straight <laughs> up. And, and lo and behold... That's what he did. Great guy, great people. I'm telling you this for a reason. When I knew them, when I went and visited them, they took me to a seminar thing in Russia right. while I was there. And I met some scientists who actually knew who I was, who talked to me very civilly with great respect and said, we know you have the bracelet and they said would you like to see the one we have and i said wow yeah yeah <laughs> so they brought out this case and unwrapped it and and it looked very similar to the one that i have but it looked older and it was partially damaged and they said theirs does not function these people were private scientists that are have organized a communication group to communicate with them directly. They have been doing it for about 10 years, and I have become part of their group. I have taken the link to them, been with them, hooked it up to all kinds of different machinery, and they had a volunteer put it on and and basically energize the process and he was gone and came back about a minute later and he was dead Ooh. and I was very emotional very upset and they they said this is what we do we have to learn this is the process so another person used it about a week later, and he was fine for about three or four days, and then he died. So we know that it has something to do with a proprietary situation. Not everybody can use it. I don't know if they are, the owners are making the device kill people. I don't know that. I, I can't imagine that because they are such soulful loving entities but for some reason it can't be worn by everybody yep I, I have done it I know I know the times I've done it where I felt I was guided to do it I felt that they were in my head and said 
we want you to do this. Uh, there are times where I put it on and it closed and then immediately opened up and did nothing to me, nothing, wouldn't function. So I believe how it works is it's like a cell phone or a pager. You put it on, it basically analyzes your system, does something to your body, codes it, who knows. There's a lot of speculation on how, how it does what it does. But then they determine whether they're going to bring you up or transport you. They are the ones in control, not you. You know, it's like a, a collar on a dog. I mean, right. maybe I've become their dog, and that's okay. They treat me pretty good. <laughs> but, but, I, but I would say this device is incredibly important. The technology is out of this world, not to be funny, but literally. No, literally out um, of this world. It, it, it's been looked at by a guy who was from uh, Na uh, NASA Ames Institute, and he is a scientist, physics uh, physicist. He looked at it, immediately identified it as nanotechnology, said, you know, without a doubt, that's what it is. That's what we have been working on for years, but we can't, you know, right. perfect. And, and uh, so, I mean, it's been looked at. It's been analyzed. This isn't a figment of my imagination. I always say Fig Newton of my imagination. <laughs> um, but but it's it's a real thing, you know, it's a real solid item. And why do people try to kill me? Well, pretty much for that. They want to get it. They want to take it. Right. Uh, they, they would probably turn, turn it into a weapon. Uh, I've had people tell me and shown me other things that are similar to it that they got out of a mine in Idaho that was two miles down in a mine uh, two devices one that was kind of similar to the bracelet and another one that was the size of a school bus that was glass that was all glass sitting in this huge big wow. warehouse and I went up to it and the, the man with me said just put your hand on it and say something and I went up and touched this glass ceramic and as I touched it and I said my name, it changed colors and rippled. The colors rippled across it, just like a rainbow. And he says, now think of something angry. Think of something really angry. Just put your hand on it. And I did, and it changed to this purple, orange, terrible-looking color. So it's to it was totally being activated by my thoughts, by my connection, just by touching That's this insane. huge last thing That's they insane. found it two miles down in a mine they believe it has something to do with boring holes but boring they don't holes. know how that that's incredible um th th there's always been talk throughout um this community and and about these little devices that are fi found here and there and um computers found uh, that shouldn't be there. Cell phones found. So I'm I'm not I'm not surprised that they're finding these other other devices. But what I what I'm what I really want to know uh, on 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 this because we're getting to almost um, three hours and uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time for this. But I want to 
what's the future going to be like here? Um, I know that you you've, you you have your team together, and God bless them to helping out Team Reed, um, and they're looking after you and your safety and security. But is there a is there a message here? Um, is there something you're trying to to get to the masses? Because I think your story and and all this that you experienced in nine days and now 22 years, it is probably one of the most important uh, contact stories ever, ever. And and why people aren't discussing it, and why people aren't having you seriously at these conferences. Um, well, let me let me say this, me away. and and it's people like you <clears throat> that I do want to talk to that will give a person like me the time because it's not easy to, to do all this. There's so many pieces <laughs> and parts of this that are important, but if you take it away from the timeline, it ends up not making sense. Um, there is so much we need to know. We need to grow as a species. That's what I've learned. I've learned what they want from us, what they would like us to become. Um, that we are connected to them. We are probably genetically linked to them. The little guy that that I found in the woods, that I knocked down, who killed my dog, I did DNA analysis on him. I took samples of his blood and his tissue and his cranial material to the head pathologist of the University of Washington Medical Center, who was a friend but was a serious, serious scientist. And I took it and said, I don't know what this is. Can you figure it out? Right. And he says, okay, I, I'll figure it out. But, you know, whatever I find, I'm going to tell you, you know. Right. And I didn't, I didn't tell him that it was from an alien. I didn't say anything like that. I just said, do your job. Please give me the report. Now, when this was done, in 2000, we didn't have the sophistication of DNA analysis machines. We didn't have them hooked to computers. This was not a, an era, a time where it took, you know, 20 minutes to kick this thing out of a computer. This took almost a week of four or five people doing all the sampling, doing all the microfinitious and doing you know all the gel samples and and all the process the chemistry was enormous to do this he did it for me he came up with the results that he couldn't believe so he retested it a second time and got all the same answers and said to me in person Jonathan I have to publish this it's an incredible find this doesn't exist this is a this is a hybrid human. And he yep. said the only, it's got 46 chromosomes exactly like humans have, but nine of the pair are different. And the only thing I could come close to, he said, was dolphin and tortoise for these nine pair. Wow. But everything else was human. What that means is, and we don't have the ability to do this even today, that somebody mixed up the DNA and made this little guy, literally created him in a test tube, and he became a worker, he became a soldier. And, and he comes back to me even today. He's fine, they never got him. He walked out of there and went, who knows, 
you know, right to, to dinner. But but the point is, they didn't get him, and he's come back. He comes back all the time. Other people in my team, other people in my family, wherever I go around the world, people have seen him in a dining room where he just appears and stands there and looks and sits behind me and rocks back and forth like he's he's comfortable. You know, he's in highly intelligent, but I think I have become maybe his pet project or maybe because I injured him, he can no longer do his job. Right. It's one or both, but they're allowing him to be my connection. He's got me out of trouble. He is, he is, Brian, he has done some things that are so incredible. I walked out of a of people's house that I was staying with. I went into their backyard and their two huge reptilians popped up and both started after me, grabbed me, threw me across their fence like 30 feet, you know, almost broke my arm and Freddie showed up and took care of them. He just eliminated <laughs> So has he become now a, like a guardian angel, uh, almost, or like like a, oh, another well, wingman? Like what was um? I get I, I guess I mean Gary. You know, you know. I, hate, I hate to make light of this, but I have to, I have to have a good sense of humor because otherwise <laughs> I'd go crazy. Absolutely, but he's proven to me that he is is my companion in a lot of ways that he has gotten me out of trouble where I could have been killed. And he has, on two occasions, in 22 years, he has saved my ass, for no you know better way to put it. But he's an incredible entity. He's smart, he's witty, he likes, you know, he likes our sense of humor. I don't think they have a sense of humor. <laughs> he liked to take things that were in my past, in my mind, and replay them. And then he he jokes about that feeling. He gets to experience that it's, when he's replaying it. You know, and and when I heard about him coming back to you um, and, and your interactions, and, and we're discussing this with for, for everybody listening, one of the things I was thinking is that, you know, even though we're different – everything genetically physically yes. whatever but the, the the fact that that this creature had the has the ability to literally understand you better than you because he can kind of get in, into your deep you know your, your psyche he understood the the feeling and what it felt like with with your you know Susie and that love and that connection and that you know um and it's intriguing because a lot of my research has pointed to the fact that a lot of these extraterrestrials a lot of these creatures that are coming here interdimensionally have ze it's zero emotion it's it's one plus one is two that is it and when you when you you know you you meet something that that possibly does have emotion um it's a wonderful thing emotion it's you know makes us I, happy I it makes us sad everything you're saying is correct i don't i don't want to mislead anybody right but I want people to know something. What I've learned is this little guy, Freddie, as we call him, is a gray. He is a gray. He is absolutely a gray. But there are a lot of different kinds of grays. Right. You know, they're not they're not all just the typical, 
little round face, big eyes, gray, gray. Um, there, there's a lot of difference, just like there's a lot of difference in humans. I mean, if you look at humanity, there's a huge difference between us. I mean, we all have two arms, two legs, you know, usually one head, usually. Usually. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, essentially, we're very individual. We, we really are when you look at the broad spectrum of, you know, like Swedes compared to Africans. Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's a the- big difference. Well, they have the same thing. And there is a group, as I understand it, a, a planet of greys who are all the kind I'm with. They're the good ones. They're genuine. They're helpful. They're they're not demonstrous. They're not demons at all. But then there is another faction who basically are not so good. And they do things and they treat people bad. And and a lot of these, as I understand, uh, are a lot of the ones that abduct people against their will and do a lot of the experimentation and the testing and all of that, those guys are kind of kind of rough, as I understand. Those are the ones that they get the bad rap. Right. But, but I'm here to say not all grays are like that. I got proof that they're not. And, and we just need to understand, you know, it comes back down to humanity and what that word means. We have to be human. We have to be more understanding and compassionate to all life which which I know I never was but I am now because I see the reason for it I see the meaning in it you know it's real simple to say all we need is love you know like John Lennon Beatles said but it's really true it's so literally true that it's hard to conceptualize because the loving feeling if if you look at that in a scientific way, harmony, harmony is frequency. Okay? It's a vibration. And if you change that vibration and you tune it, you get it just right, then it's wonderful. And you can literally, it's an energy. It is an energy. Yes. And that, that is, that, I'm not speaking, you know, spiritually, I'm speaking scientifically. I mean, you can drill holes with that energy if you do it right. But the point is, that is such a powerful thing that we really have barely touched on. And when they say you have to find the harmony, you have to find the frequency in in your society, in your family, in your groups, it means you've got to come together. You have to vibrate in the right path, the right level to get you guys started in the right direction we are so you know unorganized as far as spiritual goes right i don't i I don't blame them for being afraid of us i mean we we are such chaos without meaning you know Uh, i understand why they're afraid of us and that's what they've told me they've actually said your species has such potential but we are so afraid of you because you kill each other for nothing. Right. And I understand that. I'm, I'm one of those. Uh, you know, look what I did to Freddie. And I have apologized for 22 years. And he looks at me when I say that, and I mean it. I, I mean it to every right. muscle in my body. 
and he just looks at me like he doesn't even conceive it. He can't even, it's like it's gone. So therefore, don't worry about it. It's very interesting because uh, uh, what you're saying right now with the frequency and, and us, you know, coming together and tuning into that frequency and the love, um, it's, it's pretty interesting that we had one of the other dimensions uh, was recently mentioned that it's a new portion of like of, of the world and scientists are talking about frequency being part of the earth and the core and what's important and and then that leads to nano dimensions and now if you what we've just listened to you hear all this and now it's all being tied in and you can see it taking place in the news um i agree with you when i first started with doing with all this um I'm a McCartney fan, by the way. So, me too. Uh, me too. I just, uh, yeah. just saw him in Vancouver. He's he's. I mean, he is my hero. He's the reason why I started playing guitar and singing and, and what what have you. But um, you know, I I think there was. I, I always thought it was corny. All you need is love. You know, you know, whatever. It was very, you know, peace, love, and, and the whole nine. I think a lot of people go a little bit too far with it and they push in the wrong direction, and then they started talking about frequencies and paradigms, and. You know, you have to be in the right frame of mind to get this done. Um, I am in the right frame of mind. You you really do have to elevate your frequency. And one of the ways frequency is so important in the development of the human being and the human condition that it will lead you any place, including Absolutely. interdimensionally, Absolutely. interdimensionally to where you, you know, really have to be. Frequency is a key. It's a key and it's an energy. This is what they're telling me. They travel using dimensional shifting okay i mean think about that wrap your mind around that by changing frequency you can change your molecular status to become one with that next dimension which literally you can go from here to there without moving but you're changing dimension hence yeah Right. And that's what they're, they're using a lot of. And hence what happened to you when you were carrying uh, um, him from point A to the to the to your Jeep, you right. unknowingly, or maybe it was connected because of you know the whole connection there, used frequency to get there faster. The whole point is this: is that the future use? You know, I, I, yes. I, I mean, we're 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 getting like it's we're at the three hour mark and and. Um, that that is what we are we are on the press preface I can't say the word prefaces no no yes I, we're I, on I, the edge we're <laughs> on the edge of of being able to jump off and learn how to swim in a totally different way we learn how to swim in an energy pool of of camaraderie where we can share and learn from each other they want us to come they want us to be part of that world of that that commonality but we are so chaotic and scatterbrained we have to get organized we have to organize and i don't mean politically or religiously i mean we have to every one of us has to fine tune ourselves by bringing ourselves into this new reality of understanding we can do this. We have the ability, yep. all of us. This isn't something that you got to go buy at Walmart and plug into your, you know, whatever. It's it's literally sitting down, quieting your mind and your soul and getting in touch with that and letting the energy come into you and it'll tell you what to do. 
it'll it, it'll completely tell you what to do. It, I mean, it, it's it's not like you have to do anything other than provide the space, the quiet space in your mind. It's it sounds um, difficult, but it's not, and it's something you can work on. It's like breathing exercises. It's it's something will become second nature. There's a lot of people, Brian, that already have done this for years, maybe centuries, but just not the majority. Okay? Right. Something I need to say. Sure. You know, I'm not important in this. I am I am not singularly the important this is happening to thousands of people all over the world. I just was crazy enough to take pictures and to have you know the 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 artifact and the device i was nuts to bring the body home but but the point is i did it and it got me knowledge me more than anybody the knowledge to understand we're so much bigger than what i thought we were we that 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 life is so much grander and that we need to flourish in that and rejoice in that and and bathe in the fact that life is good. You know, people that run around and uh, Rick Nelson, you know who Rick Nelson yes. is on Facebook, takes beautiful pictures of nature. He's always telling everybody, look at this. Look how beautiful nature is. And I kept wondering, why is he doing this? And I finally got it. I talked to him. He's doing that. That's his space. That's his, his right. mantra. That's what brings him into tune. And he's even told me when he gets to that point, things come to him. They come into his house. They come into his work. They talk to him. That's what they're waiting. They're waiting for us. We have to give them the opportunity to see us at our best, to open our head, to get away from the aggression. And, hey, I'm the guy that's telling you this, and I'm the one that beat one almost to death with a stick. Okay? But, but it is true. It really is true. This is what they've told me. In 22 years, in a nutshell, we got to bring this together. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to take us to the table, the galactic table. And they want to. They want us to evolve. And I don't care what word you use, like ascension or, you know, going into the dimensions or whatever word you want to use they just want us to get to the table so right. that they can help us more look we are part of them we are a part of them you got to understand genetically they've changed us over the centuries they've helped us evolve okay initially it was for a different reason it wasn't all for you know let's all you know sing and and, and dance around the campfire. Initially, we were slaves. They designed us to be better slaves. Okay, that's what happened. Let's get on with it. Uh, and these weren't necessarily the bad guys. These were the, the you know, Anunnaki. I mean, that's what it is. That's right. the truth. Of, you want to get down to, you know, really understanding this, you got to, I would, I would like to say, you got to go talk to Zachariah Sitchin, but unfortunately he's, he's moved on. He's moved on. He's, he's unavailable. I did talk to him before he moved on. He told me absolutely this is where we need to go. This is the truth. The writing is on their walls. Read his books. It's probably the best source of understanding where we came from. You know, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. What, one of the problems we have in today's society is that 
these people like you're being you be get, get discredited and and Zachariah's really getting discredited and people are just uh, putting you to the wayside and then going off on some other theory. The fact is, um, he he really was at the forefront. He was extremely intelligent and you know very important message. Um, and he had done all the research. Yep, and he and and um, you know, you're doing research when um, the, the the tools that we have currently right now aren't weren't really that readily available. Um, on top of that, this is very important. You're, he did research when when we did have these tools when they were reliable and trustworthy, right. and they weren't being manipulated by the right. powers that be. And he did the legwork. Yes. He did the legwork. You know, right. I'm. I don't. Cons- people say, "Well, you're a great researcher." No, I'm not. I am not a researcher. All I'm an expert on is what's happened to me. You know, right. I can tell you from now until the end of the week all the details, incredible details of what happened to me. I mean, I'm not afraid to talk. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, Reed doesn't want to talk. He's afraid of this." Or you know, that's bullshit. You know, and I'm proving it now. I'm probably saying way too much and should be letting you talk. But the point (laughs) is, I'm not a researcher. I understand that. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you in 22 years, I have learned a hell of a lot. And and it's very valuable. It's valuable for all of us if you give it a chance. You know, like I said, the United States is the one where I've pretty much been blackballed. The rest of the world has embraced me and knows me. You know, I mean, I've been to 53 countries now. Right. You know, and, and you know, I've talked to everybody. I've I've done tons of interviews, uh, good, bad, and indifferent. You know, this is a good one. You're a good guy, and you're willing to listen and let other people, you know, hear what I have to say. That's what it is. That's where it's – that's really what it's about is allowing each one of us to be a part of the puzzle. In 22 years, I've learned a lot, so I'm writing a new book. The new book is called Mosaic, like a puzzle, because all of the pieces of the puzzle can be laid out on a table, and they're all just as important as another. But when they're all laid out, they design a beautiful, more understandable picture of where we're at. This is what we have to do. We have to quit fighting amongst ourselves, right. fighting amongst ufology people. We got to get rid of just allowing the headliners to take the spotlight. We got to leave the egos out the door and talk like I used to be when I was doctoring. You know, the only way a doctor works is by sharing information. That's how we learn things. You know, we don't just go sit in a room and, you know, put on a hat. We share with each other. That's how we learn and build and do all kinds of research. That's real research, okay? But that's what I'd like to see this become, a a venue where people really can share equally, not be ridiculed, uh, not be, you know, thrown down the stairs. Just let people talk because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of grandmothers out there who don't like to sit in front of a microphone, who have had maybe more experiences than I have, but they just don't have the physical evidence. But there's thousands of them, Brian. There's thousands of them. And a lot of people are really afraid. And I know why they're afraid, because they've been beat up emotionally and physically by some of these thugs that are out there that still beat me up, that still want me to quit talking. 
But I'm going to say something now, and this is important. If I'm dead, if I'm dead, they make me a martyr. It'll just get bigger. Because right. I got all kinds of extra people that are going to keep talking that are probably better at it than I am. <laughs> so, you know, it's well, better if they let me live. Right. We, we, we hope that does not happen where you become the martyr. Um, uh, I think you're a very important person. And I think um, a lot of these people that, that have been um, on the evil side towards you and and – uh, I think they, they realize that uh, we're, we're at a point right now where I'm going to say that the jig is up and there's no more point to doing it. You always have those sadists that like, were like, yeah, okay, well, I, I like to kill people. But in general, they were like, you know, back off of them, just let them go. It's happening, whether we like it or not. Well, unfortunately, some of the greatest people that we had voices that we could count on, that we could trust, have been killed. Right. or have died under suspicious circumstances. One of them was my friend, Art Bell. I mean, yep. he was as healthy as a horse, but yet he died suddenly. I believe he was killed. The, the, Brian, yeah. I'm gonna say something, and it, and it's, you know, we're, we're gonna continue this, because I've got yes. a lot more to say, <laughs> and I want you to know I'm here for you, and I am here for your people. But there is a, a, a faction of the government that I call the deep state government you right. know, that doesn't want people like me and you to speak. They don't want us to have this platform. They'll do anything practically to stop us. Uh, I've had nine friends of mine killed in the last 22 years. Right. Killed. Okay. And, and I've had to be defensive about this myself. I don't like what it has made me become, but it's the only way I could survive. They killed my parents, my 80-year-old mother and father. They drove them to death by pestering them and torturing them because of what I saw in the woods and right. what I talked about. I mean, they killed them. Yeah, and, and, and you know? I agree and I'm with I, and, and you have every right to be angry, and I agree with you about there are individuals here, and, and one of which was mentioned. I think there's more to a lot of stuff that's going on here. Um, but I also, what I definitely did notice, though, is this good, this change in frequency, it's, yes. hap it's happening. Um, it is. And slowly, it's, it is it's happening. It's slowly happening, but there's certain moments where it really picks up, but it's slowly happening. Um, you know, we try to do that as you know, the, um, I'm um, co-founder and co-director of New York State UFO Project, and part of that is to create an open forum where people can come and talk, just like you just did on this show. You know what? You answered my questions. I had a couple other questions, but to be brutally honest, I have a little bit of advantage. I can go go, go contact them <laughs> and, and not bother you, but and, you know, and if and I have truth, a good question about things. Truthfully, Brian. I'm willing to answer anything that anybody asks me, and right. if I don't know, I'll tell you that I don't know. Right. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to make it up. I can only tell you what I really know, and and that's that's probably my default. You know, um, I'm I'm as honest as I possibly can be. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I always tell everybody, hey. If this hadn't have happened to me, if I hadn't have seen all the evidence and the facts myself, I probably wouldn't believe it either. And that's okay. That's all right. Well, you know, and and that's that's something that we can, you know, um, again, 
I, I can't thank you enough for being on the program, and I can't thank you enough for, for giving us this full information. So now we have everything that we need to know, and we're, be, be, we're able to give this to the masses. But that being said, um, and you being welcome back, Thank you. I, th I think what, given what, what took place in this last 22 years, yes. if you had to relive that moment where you just were, you, you locked the car in the Jeep and you're walking up that hill, would you do it over again? Yes. That's how, see, and, and this is important because that, that tells reason, me how reason, important it is. The reason, Brian, is it has totally changed my attitude of life it has shown me how powerful the the issue of life is the gift of life that we are given and i'm not talking about you know foo-foo religion i'm talking about the power of the energy of right. life that we are and the ability that we can do so much good with it that we don't know we don't even understand it yet yeah but i know that we have the ability to move mountains if we put our head in the right frequency and the right dimension. We can do this, and we can do it together, and we can do it without killing each other in wars and, and demonstrations and all of the political, you know, bullshit. Yep. We got to get rid of that. We have to understand that there's more to life than, you know, uh, having something greater than your neighbor, you know, a better right. car, better house. We got to get rid of that. We, I mean, money is a, a very destructive tool when you really think of it from my standpoint. Um, you know, I, I had a great job. I was making 300000 a year back in 96. Right. And I went from that to nothing, to living on the street and eating out of dumpsters for 10 months. I know both sides of that stick. I know how I've had to live and how I've had to survive, and I'm not proud of that, but it's part of me. It's part of what I had to endure to be here today. And I'm saying it again, this isn't just about me, it's about all of us. We have to come together as a unified Species. We have right. to learn to accept our flaws and our faults and not be afraid to lay them on the table and to ask for help from these other entities that are so much smarter than we are. They might be, a, some of them, a million years advanced from where we are. Right. Okay. They may be, some of them, I believe, are us in the future. Now, you know, wrap yep. your mind around that. No, I, I, so I know exactly where you're going us. with that. They've come back. They're telling us how to steer the ship so we don't crash and burn. And they're so afraid that we are going to, you know, because we're so scatterbrained and we're all over the place. And, and we need to unite in that harmony. We need to find a way. You know, I buy a tone generator that produces this sound and everybody just tune into it. And I'm almost being serious. Um, we can do it. I believe in us. I believe we have the strength to do it if we really want to. And I know that's what they want. They are hoping we do. Because they are us and we are them. Um, I think we're at the point um, 
where we're on that cusp, we're on the train, and we're getting moving. And I think the more and more people start getting involved in it, they get it moving. Um, th there's a lot of changes back and forth going on. Yes, there are powers that be that are going to try to stop us, try to play around with frequencies and, and different dimensions uh, by uh, doing experimentation or purposely hurting people. But I think we're on a better path. And... Um, and you know what? With people like you being out there telling telling the story, it just validates. It continues to layer and layer validation of what's going on. Um, our listeners are listening here. Besides the link book, and you're talking about Mosaic, is there a way they can get you know touch with you? Is there a way they can uh, follow what you're doing and be part of? Um, and I call it Team Read. Well, part part of well, Team Reed is kind of a different thing. But <laughs> Team Reed's there, can, yeah. They can they can follow the what we're doing. Um, we've had two websites destroyed by the government, so right now I don't have a website up. But uh, I think we're going to be able to share some information with some other people, and I I think we'll get more of it out there in the next few months. Um, I I welcome everybody to contact me. You can contact me by email, uh, you know, drreedlink at gmail.com. Uh, you know, that's D-R-R-E-E-D-L-I-N-K. Um, or you can go to Facebook. Now, you know, there's tons of disinformation out there. Art Bell used to say, you know, you haven't made it until somebody's, you know, calling you a jerk. So I guess we've made it. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, I, I'm there's, on the receiving There's negative end. websites you can, you know, but if you can get through that and stop listening to it, all of the static that it creates, I'm available. I'm willing. I mean, I've I've gone to people's houses just because they needed somebody to talk to. I understand what it's like because I went through it. I I didn't have anybody either, and it almost destroyed my life. I I want to tell a little story real quick. Sure. One of the first times I ever spoke in public, it was at a conference. A lot of people, 750 people. And afterwards, we went, it was in a hotel. We went to the hotel dining room and we were all eating dinner. And the maitre d' came over and said, somebody wants to talk to you. Sorry to bother you, but they want to talk to you just for a minute. And one of my people went over and found out that it was a woman and she was by herself. So I went over and talked to her and she said, Dr. Reed, because of listening to you today, I didn't kill myself and my daughter. Wow. You gave us the energy to continue. You made us realize we're not alone. And for you, and I've got a Christmas card every year from those people and that daughter for 22 years now see when people say why do you do this that's it i know i understand that right? yep and i've said every i've said every single month in the last 22 years i said if people don't want me to talk i'm done i'm done i've done all i can do well guess what people want me to talk they keep inviting me i, I was invited to university of toronto i went there i was invited to spain i talked there private these are private lectures these are not public this isn't a conference guess who invited me in in 2013 i got a written invitation from the pope to come wow. to the vatican from pope francis himself 
I went, my team went, we spent a total of five days in the Vatican, sleeping in their quarters, talking to the Pope every day. And the biggest question Pope Francis said, and I, I can't understate this, or over, I should overstate it, is he said, Jonathan, what can we do for them? Now, you know, I've heard all the political prattling about the Catholic Church and the Vatican and all that, but I'll tell you, the man himself is genuine. He is intelligent. He is warm. He is the real deal. He wanted to know what I knew. He spent days listening to me. And I thought, you know, I, I just thought, I can't, you know, I'm going to bore him. I'm going to bore His aides kept saying, no, he wants to know more. He wants to know more. And when I left, I told, he says, he said, you know, Jonathan, he has a great sense of humor. He says, you know, I can make you Catholic. You know, he says, I can get you in. And I said, you know, sir, thank you very much. I, I said, I, I'm comfortable at this moment. But I said, I really like your little cookies. <laughs> you know, little wafers. When I left, they gave me a box with a great big beautiful red bow of those wafers. But that's what I'm saying, Brian. People yep. are very genuine when they want to know, when they want to listen. You know, when they're done being fruitcakes, there are a lot of genuine people. There, there are much more genuine people than there are the trolls. Right. And the old, the old saying about trolls is those are the ones screaming the loudest and getting the most attention, but that isn't the majority. The majority wants to know. They are caring individuals. Humanity has a chance to evolve, and that's what I think we need to do. Yep. And I'm here to try to help that. That's, that's, they've left me in a position where I have nothing else to do. You know, I keep saying, you know, I, I don't think I'm good at this. Somebody else, you would probably be better at this than me. And they keep pulling me back in. People said, you know, no, you got to do this. So, you know, I'm an old man at this point, you know. I've done this for a long time, and I need help, and I'm trying to rally the troops. But I need help. I need help from all your listeners. I need everybody to band together and start being a little bit more supportive to the guys who maybe aren't in the spotlight. Right. You know, maybe those guys been in the spotlight a little too long. Maybe we need to listen to the mom and dad and, and some aunt that never has spoken before but has had an incredible experience and is a piece of that puzzle. That's what we need to do. That's my hope. That's my direction. Well, hopefully we're going to get that done. Um, I cannot uh, thank you enough for coming on the program and giving us all this information. I really do appreciate it. And on, on top of that, you know, I, I thank you for your friendship as well, because you've been there at, at points. Um, I'm very, I use, I use social media as my own mountain. So I start screaming stuff and he checks in once in a while that psychologist kicks in. You all right? And like, you know, like right. try, try tequila. I'm like, Oh, rum, you know, we'll, we'll play games right. like that. Um, tequila. Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't do that. Otherwise I'd fall asleep on the, on the, on the rum side, but yes. And, 
But I, I really do want to thank you very much for coming on. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to end it for three hours. i got to figure out how we're going to do this, whether it's going to be one long video or we're going to break it up And you know, because I, I want to be able to have everybody let it sink in. Um, right. And I may do both, actually, so we'll figure it out. And I'm, and I'm here for you. I'm here for you. If you want to do this again, sure. I'm here for you, okay? Like I said, this, this, my, my program, as well as anything relating to the Goblin Universe with Ron Murphy, we want to do this for you and for our listeners. Our listeners are asking for this stuff, and we agree. This is why we do what we do. So there's, this is your house. I'm, I'm proud of what you've done and what you're doing, and I think if we could do it more often, and I don't mean just with me, but I mean everybody out there, if we can find a way to harmonize ourselves and, and, and get together in a bigger way that's that's more of a life experience way um i think we will evolve i think we'll, we will be invited to that galactic table yeah um but but we got to find a way to quit the violence and quit the and i know that's you know being overly optimistic but i just know it's a real reality you know, it'll it'll happen. It may not be in my lifetime or, or my kid's lifetime, but I know it's going to happen. Well, you know, something else that we, you know, barely touched on, but something I've learned, and I again, I'm not talking religion, but there is a real power to the fact that there is good and evil in the universe. And it is black and white. It is so black and white uh, in amongst the the human race i think it's gray but out there in the universe they see it as black and white they see you know they they even try to to bring the evil into the group into to make them less evil uh you know the good the good ones are trying their best right you know they're not they're trying to settle the dispute instead of warring and there are some entities out there that are truly just warriors and that's all they do is kill and maim and destroy. That's all they do. That's all they know how to do. They don't even want to listen to anything else. And unfortunately, that's a part of that universe. And it's something we have to accept. But we just can stay away from them as much as possible. And and that's what we have to do. We need to listen to our big brothers that have more knowledge of that than we Agreed. do. And I really have learned to trust them. That's something that I know is difficult. For, for humans to trust in something that is beyond our comprehension, you know, currently. But but in trusting, they will help us. They will bring us in closer. Um, you know, you hear about people going out looking for UFOs. Well, they've found that if everybody kind of harmonizes in the group and they send out this really positive message, they kind of start showing up. Yes, they you know? do. And a lot of those aren't necessarily manned because I found out that a lot of the orbs are like tentacles that are, you know, they're, right. they're like drones that are sent out. But they're, they're aware of everything. And they'll do for you almost what, I mean, they'll entertain you if you can get in this right headspace. Uh, I've seen things that are just phenomenal. Uh, in, in New York, even, I was there with my lawyer friend and he had all these night vision goggle things and a big, a big laser, and he's out there 
like dancing and talking to him like a crazy man. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, this ain't going to work, you know, and, and the police are going to come. But lo and behold, they came. Yeah, they came. A big, the biggest ball of light I've ever came was was fifty feet off of his garage, yep. and then just shot like a shooting star. I mean, I saw it right in front of me. It was incredible. We, you can do this. Anybody can do this. Yep, we we did this after Pine Bush uh, two years ago, and um, we had a craft appear right above our head, and it was. I uh, probably people still talk about it today. Um, it, it's doable. Um, just don't fall into the protocols that people put out there. Right, you know, right, do it yourself. Exactly. You don't need to follow protocols that, or that's right. pay for you something. Totally, you know, totally do it yourself. Do it yourself. It's just tuning yourself. You know, fine tuning your your head. I, yeah. um, I am Brian. I am going to do something that I don't normally do. Sure. But I was I was invited to go to Alien Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, in about a week and a ah. half. Yes. Okay. Now, officially, I'm not speaking there. I'm going as a spectator. But if people see me, I will definitely be approachable. And I may even do a little side talk somewhere. But right. but I'm going to be there. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a human being. I like people. I like to talk to people. And, you know, if people are nice to me, I'm nice to them. I'll have my team with me, my big gorillas. But nevertheless, I'm there, you know. And I just want to say that, and I, if you're anywhere in the neighborhood, come down and, and have dinner or have a drink or something, you know? Well, I'm going to probably have to think if I get down there, that'd be great. I'm all the way up in New York City, but uh, I, no. I have friends in Tennessee, so maybe have to take okay. a little road trip, but that sounds like a yeah. plan. And, um, I, think that, and I think it's the 17th and 18th. 17th and 18th. I'm going to right. What we'll do is we'll post it up there. Um, we'll post it on, on as, as well as Novo Boomi. It's going to be inside the Goblin Universe and every everywhere where we also have other type okay. of, of, of pages for our, 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 our programs and our shows. And then we also have you know the, our, the UFO Roundtable and a couple other groups. And we have a, a network of wonderful people to get this out there. But I cannot, again, um, unfortunately, we're going to go right now. But okay. I can't thank I love you, you enough. Love you, man. Well, I love you for being on, and I appreciate it, brother. And what we're going to do is we're going to get it out to the masses. Thank you again. You have the keys to this kingdom. But this is John, Dr. Jonathan Reed. I'm Brian Bowden for Novo Boomi. That's nobody but me and Dr. Dr. Jonathan Reed. And thank you. we'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Dr. Jonathan Reed on Nobo Boomi, Nobody But Me. This has been a very controversial subject, and I just want to let everybody know that, yes, there are certain people out there that are saying negative things about Dr. Jonathan Reed. Um, in, in any case, you'll always have people that promote you, as well as uh, what they call today the haters. Um, a lot of people just sit out and hide especially when it's untrue. But Dr. Reed hasn't been hiding. He hasn't been sitting out whatsoever. He has been at the forefront of promoting and bringing his story to the masses, globally, mind you. So just take a look at what he's been doing. These are photos of Dr. Jonathan Reed out there in the world confronting all the naysayers that give him a hard time. Reed's not hiding. He's out there in front. 
However, you guys hide in fake accounts, fake names, with fake information. So take a look at what Dr. Reed has been doing since this event. And thank you again for watching the program. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. You're listening to Dobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. The opinions expressed on Dobo Boomy are of that of the host and his guests. <laughs> 